Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Best Pictures Podcast. I'm Ian, and this is Maggie, and on this episode, we're doing the 34th Best Picture winner, West Side Story. West Side Story is a 1961 musical and probably one of the movies we've done for this podcast that like even people who aren't interested in film or classic film or don't have a film background will recognize the oh, title definitely. of. Yeah, it's I mean, there are well-known. enough high school musicals of West Side Story. Yes, yes very true. <laughs> um, because the musical movie is an adaptation of the 1957 Broadway musical which is of the same name, which is, of course, an adaptation of Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. And I'll buy it. Well, I was going to say, it's interesting. <laughs> it actually does follow Romeo well, and Juliet Actually, closely. there have been three different versions of Romeo and Juliet that have, were, up to this point, I believe, nominated for Best Picture. There was one back in 30-something. There was the Zephyr, or there will be the Zeffirelli film later in, I think, the 60s, mm-hmm. maybe the 70s, and then, that might be 70s. And then, of course, West Side Story, which wins the Oscar. Um, so actually... Pretty pretty popular source material uh, for a Best Picture nominee, at least. Uh, this version stars Natalie Wood, Richard Boehmer, Russ Tamblin, Rita Moreno, and George Shakiris. It was nominated for 11 Academy Awards and won 10. Oh, jeez. Which one didn't it win? That's it did my not win Best Adapted Screenplay. Uh, I I mean, I don't know. I've, I didn't see... I think- the, one of the stage play today. or and i haven't read the book so i'm there's not sure no, i can really comment there, Wait. the book would be shakespeare ian you have not read romeo and juliet <laughs> i'm actually not sure i ever have read romeo and you juliet. didn't have to read it i've for seen school? romeo and juliet but you didn't have to read it for school i'm drawing a blank i don't think so oh my god anyway the we've words... established i'm uncultured swine it's fine <laughs> but like that god that every time it's something that i think is a sure bet you're like not nah. <laughs> I'm like, damn, okay. Keep you on your toes. <laughs> um, but then you've had some obscure ones, which is interesting. But anyway, so the awards so the awards that it was nominated for, Robert Weiss and Jerome Robbins won for Best Director. So Jerome Robbins was actually the director of the Broadway stage version and was brought in to direct like the musical numbers and the mm-hmm. dance sequences. Um, he actually was dismissed about a third of the way through filming because the production company was like, um, we were worried about budget. <laughs> And so he was dismissed and a lot of his assistants helped complete the film. But Weiss still kind of kept Robbins in the loop and like took some of his suggestions during editing Mm -hmm. and was adamant that he needed screen credit because his contribution had been significant to the final film. George uh, Shakiris, who plays Bernardo, won Best Supporting Actor. I'm going to agree with that. I thought he was really good. Rita Moreno won Best Supporting Actress. Again, I agree with that. She was phenomenal. She was in Nita, right? Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, she was oh, Nita. Yes. It won for Best Art Direction, sec- Decoration for Color, won for Best Color Cinematography, which I agree with. I thought the cinematography, I thought the entire look of the film was amazing. Oh, yeah. And the way that they used colors with the different, uh, like, gangs. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like, um, really enjoyed that. Which was part of the costume design, which it also won Best Costume Design for Color Cinematography. And I think... The way that they would like set out the different characters was really good. There's one scene in particular that I really want to talk through that because I think it was very, very important to that scene. It also won for best film editing, best original score and best sound. I know you and I kind of had we had some gripes, not necessarily with the score in and of itself. But oh, it's it's Bernstein and like it stands. Yeah. So like the music itself is good. I I think. And I think you'll agree with me that there were certain points in the film that I was like, this score is not matching the tone of this scene. Like it kind of came in at some weird points with a 
bit of a peppiness that oh, yeah. I don't think was necessarily warranted. It was that scene when Anita was trying to send a message to Tony at the, there's that the one, pharmacy. There, we'll get into it, but there's also one scene in particular that I was like super engaged in, and then suddenly I was like, what the fuck is the score doing? <laughs> <laughs> the two leads, Natalie Wood and Richard Bamer, had their singing voices dubbed. That is not them singing. And I actually don't like that about this movie. I don't like when you have actors singing voices dubbed because I'm like, why couldn't you just find an actor who could also sing and do the acting? And I understand sometimes the acting was kind of like just okay from those two. Yeah. Like there's one scene. There's one scene I thought they did really, really, really good in. But other than that, I was kind of mad on both of them. And I guess it's like yeah. a name recognition thing with like Natalie Wood and all. But like, yeah, one of those things I was like, you couldn't find like an actor and an actress who could also like sing, dance and act because like triple threats exist. Many, in fact. Yeah, there's quite a <laughs> lot of them out there, actually. So they were both dubbed. Maria was dubbed by Marnie Nixon, who also dubbed Audrey Hepburn in My Fair Lady, which also for some God knows why reason won Best Picture and we will have to watch. And then um, I can tell where you're going to rank that movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to go ahead and say this because it sounds like I hate musicals. I don't hate musicals. I just the musicals that have one best picture tend to be musicals. I'm not a big fan of Maggie only likes musicals. If someone is dying of like tuberculosis or like is dark... getting chopped into meat pies I like... <laughs> or where everyone dies at the end. I like everyone, a dark musical. not just one of the leads. <laughs> I like a dark musical. This is my favorite. I like Sweeney Todd. I, of course, like Hamilton because who doesn't like Hamilton? But like. Again, people die. Uh, yeah, there. It's it's <laughs> it's like about like war, and politics, and political upheaval, and that's that's my jam on the musical front. <laughs> there, uh, Rust Hamblin and Rita Marino also had like a song or like a bit of a song dubbed, but it was like for Rita Marino, it's one of the songs was too low for her register, mm-hmm. and she was like sick at one point, and I think Rust Hamblin, it was just like the. F- the opening number with the when you're a jets his part was dubbed but they both did like all the rest of their own singing yeah i was like why why would you pick leads that you have to dub because then marnie nixon also had to like they recorded everything with her in advance and then she had to re-record because natalie wood's lip sync didn't quite match up you can't see the look that i'm giving that maybe right that now, might be why like there are a couple floored. of the songs that i was like why is this song going so fast like, like somewhere, I feel like somewhere is really fast versus <laughs> when I've seen it in like stage productions. And they did change that because it's usually not sung by the two leads. It's uh-huh. usually sung by another character. And there's usually this huge ballet sequence that they cut from this film, which there was more ba- there was more <laughs> ballet that should have been cut from this film. Um, this movie also was number 41 on AFI's top 100. It was bumped down to number 51 on the 10th anniversary edition. It is number three for AFI's greatest passions. It is number two for AFI's greatest musicals, which I was like, WTF? There are several uh, other musicals on that list that I think are a lot better than this. I feel like... Like Sound those... of Music is, I think, number three or something. And I was like, Sound of Music's better than West Side Story. That I would agree. Well. I liked it better. I think it's better all around. I think the cinema. Julie Andrews is a better singer than that anybody is else. That's absolutely in this film. true. But like for as a movie as a whole, like the cinematography stuff. Sound like, of Music has really nice cinematography. It's not quite as like stylized as West Side Story, but it's shot very nicely. Yeah. 
it's been a while since I've watched Sound of well, Music. Well, luckily we, and the last luckily time we I get to watch it, it and that I is fell asleep. <laughs> it was on a plane. Okay, it's fine. fair enough, fair enough. No, but that is like the one mu- movie musical that has one best picture that I am like 100% behind and absolutely love. And guess what? None of the characters in the movie die. No, but there is political people <laughs> that they run from. Yep. So there we go. So three of the songs end up on AFI's top 100 songs list. Somewhere is number 20, which I don't understand because I hate that song. America is number 35, which love love that song. And Tonight, which I also like, is number 59 on that list. So two out of those three, I'll agree with. I mean, uh, I feel like those lists in to some extent rank like... Recognition? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so when you think of West Side Story, I think of um, Mambo, but that's just the gym because sequence? of my... Uh, because every production that has ever done West Side Story me. uses that same choreography instead of doing something completely original. Yeah. Maggie has a bone to pick. I anyway, do. I, do. I think that means we should move into watch notes so we can hear more. Oh, or are you still back? Um, I'm just going to say what else was uh, nominated that year, and then we can move into watch notes and any other background. I'll just kind of like sprinkle in. Sounds good. Um, so the other nominations were Fanny, The Guns of Navarone, which I have seen, which is very good. Gregory Peck film. Um, the Hustler and Judgment at Nuremberg, which I haven't seen, but I need to because that cast is amazing. Movie night. <laughs> okay watch notes it's a very heavy movie night well still I, i'll i'll deal with it again you like heavy movies I right do like he- well i like <laughs> i like heavy musicals okay <laughs> so the <laughs> introduction with this film i actually really like the whole title sequence i thought it was inventive almost like the st- almost completely silent scenes looking straight down on the city as you're kind of like slowly panning over to the west side i don't know why i really liked this but i felt like it set the kind of stylized it was fine weird feel from a lot of the rest of the it was fine but like much of this film it went on for way too long yeah like 20 percent too long i i feel like that was a theme at least for me with a lot of the more musical and dance sequences in the film was that I was like, they're good because everybody in this is like a really good dancer and the choreography is good. But I was like, it went on so long. Like, I think you could easily trim a half hour off of this two and a half hour film just by like tightening up some of the dance sequences and not having to have like a five minute. No, what is that opening? Like the, just the jets and the sharks, like, chasing each other through the streets it's like it's a good 10 it's easily 10 minutes and it could so easily have been five it is beautifully shot the entire sequence is and the dancing really good yeah but and ultimately i think it is effective in that it sets up that adversarial relationship yes but, but they could have done it so much yes they could have cut out the because the way it starts and the way it ends are both really really good so trim out some of that middle bit that i didn't need and we're good because after because I was like, we get it. These are two gangs and they don't like each other. And they dance I battle. Got this. <laughs> yeah, they do a lot of snapping. We got this. So it's like I understand the setup here. Let's let's go. Let's move. <laughs> but it also did give opportunity for the score to like really shine. Do 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 do. Which again, I it's love very jazzy. Bernstein's music. Like it's so good. It's all so petty so though. Well, it's his style. Yeah, I guess. Because remember, he did, I believe he did On the Waterfront as well. And a lot of his... He did do, I think he did do On the Waterfront. But On the Waterfront, I felt like it a lot more just like 
fit the mood of the film. I'll agree with you there, but the style is still pretty. Yeah, similar. yeah, it's all it's always like a little jazzy, horn heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, all the syncopation and polyrhythms. Yeah, I'm it. a little bit more of a strings gal myself. I know, but uh, it's okay. We can't all know everything. <laughs> I I know horns. I just I'm not as big a fan. But actually, our kind of dislike of the orchestration of some of this film, we are not alone. Bernstein also did not like the orchestration of the film because it is orchestrated for about a 30-piece orchestra with, like, the Broadway setup Mm -hmm. and everything. And so they had, like, a huge, massive one doing the film score, and Bernstein thought it was overbearing. Ooh, it's, like, too much. He thought it was overbearing and too much. So actually, Bernstein, a little on our side. I mean, I'm not sure he would have agreed that it was too like too. I'm not sure he would have agreed with me on the scene where I was like, "What the fuck is the score doing?" Was just too lush. I don't know what the hell that even means, but anyway, so we get the dance battle, (laughs) and we're basically introduced to the two gangs: the Sharks and the Jets. Um, The Sharks are the Puerto Rican game. The Jets are what I guess would be like the more like. European or, immigrant, they're, yeah, because they're, they're set all up pretty much immigrants. It's in there. Area, I'm going right? to say are probably like first generation American, mm-hmm. right? So like their parents or their grandparents were probably immigrants because they're. It, the film doesn't go super into it a lot. Like I feel like they hit it very surface level, mm-hmm. but there is a scene that definitely sets up that like there is kind of a hierarchy in the city at this time where you have the people who would have been like multi-generational American and then you have the people who are like the um ancestor or I guess like first generation American or whose like parents or grandparents were probably Central or Eastern European because mm-hmm. like they established that Tony's heritage is Polish and then you have like the new immigrants which would be here the Puerto Rican immigrants mm-hmm. so there's like a little bit of kind of this like social hierarchy and you have like the racial tensions and like the social tensions between the different <laughs> groups because you have the two gangs that hate each other. So the yeah. the sharks, the Puerto Rican gang, the jets that like first generation American, or I guess really kind of the white gang yeah, I'd who agree. hate each other, but they both really hate the cops, which sets up this interesting dynamic of them like hating each other, but nobody's about to rat each other out to the cops. No, I love how in many scenes they become super buddy, buddy immediately when the cops come into play and it's yeah. like, okay, we're going to participate in this farce because we know that we have a mutual, uh, I guess, enemy. Yeah. Even though I'm going to go out in the back and uh, we're going to rumble fight. later. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so they have that scene where they're kind of in the back alley and he's on the bar and they're like talking through shit. And it's like, so oh, it's the when you're a jet and, and they talk about Tony. So there's gonna be this dance at, it's not really like at a high school. I'm very confused as to how this, like, is it a high, school dance or is it like a community dance? But there's some sort of dance for the youngins, the young peoples, the youths. Um, and the sharks and the jets are gonna like go there and kind of like challenge each other to a rumble. They've decided, or at least the Jets have decided. They're like, we're going to challenge them there. And Riff, who's the leader of the Jets, played by Russ Tamblin, I think he does a very, very good job. He is like, we got to get Tony in on this. Because apparently Tony helped Tony's his start best the friend. game. Yeah, he, Riff and Tony started the Jets. Tony is now out of the Jets, and he's working as like a delivery boy for this. Uh, well, he's like a shop clerk for a pharmacy. Like a pharmacy kind of like a drugstore-ish yeah yeah drugstore would probably be better because it's like the pharmacy and then they also sell like sodas Mm -hmm. and stuff like that um so riff's like we got to go get him and then we have a scene between riff and tony which i think is exemplary of 
one of the problems that I have with this movie. And that is when there isn't a musical number or a dance sequence happening, I think there are some really, really good well-acted scenes that are like subtle and realistic and like very emotional. Mm -hmm. And then there will be a song that I don't think is that great or that I think like is tonally not in keeping with the scene I just watched that suddenly becomes very Broadway and very stagey, (laughs) even though the scene I just watched happen wasn't. And then it's like this weird disconnect and suddenly all of the emotions that I was feeling, I no longer feel. And I know that for some people, that is just a problem with musicals where they're just Mm -hmm. like people bursting onto song doesn't work for me. Like I said, I like musicals actually quite a lot. So that I don't think that's the issue with me. I think the issue for me was that the songs did not always feel in keeping tonally with like what was going on in the scene. And I usually liked the way the scene was being acted more uh-huh. than I liked the way the song was being sung. People are going to argue about people, whether oh, it people has can polish. 100%, <laughs> no, people can 100% like differ on opinion here. I know people love West Side Story. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, it yeah. is some people's favorite musical, and that's totally fine. It just, it's not for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. No, I didn't particularly like that number, but I did love that set in the back of the shop. Again, the entire look of the movie is phenomenal. Every visual award that it won, it 100% served. <laughs> Definitely agree. But I do kind of like how Tony, this is setting up that tension of Tony saying, like, no, I'm out, I'm done. But we, but it also establishes, like, this relationship between Riff and Tony that they're like brothers. What mm-hmm. is it they say? Womb to tomb, birth to earth. They actually changed that line from the Broadway show because the Broadway show line is womb to tomb, sperm to worm. And this, oh they were like, censors will not be okay with that one. <laughs> so they changed it. But I like, but it. you know what I mean? How like that, that scene was very well acted. And then I don't know about you, but the song I was kind of like, Meh, about. The way the song built, I felt that it was okay. But, it's <laughs> but not, again, it was just okay. Exactly. Just okay. I want, I want more from my musicals. Yes. I think I just have very high expectations from musicals, and I think I have very particular taste when it comes to musicals. Yes, I would agree. Yes. <laughs> so now we get an introduction to our second lead, Maria. I, Maria. I almost said Anita because I find Anita you more wish interesting. Anita were the lead. <laughs> but they're all working at a sewing shop. Mm-hmm. And actually, I did, I, again, I loved the dialogue in this scene between Anita and Maria. Um, there's some great little lines. Most like Anita has some great one-liners. Um, and Anita is Maria's best friend and her brother Bernardo's girlfriend. They're like f- kind of fighting over this dress because Maria's like, "I want to go to this dance. This starts my life as an American." Because she's like, "All I get to do is just sit in the shop and go home." And like Bernardo's being too protective, mm-hmm. and she's like fighting with Anita to About make the, the collar and yep. the neckline a little bit lower, just one little inch. And she says, how much can one little inch do? And Anita goes, too much. <laughs> and then there's another great line where she... Um, is it when Bernardo enters? No, no. Maria says something about um, the the dress is like her converted church dress or something. Uh-huh. And she's like, I hate... W- it's white. And she's like, I hate white. White is for babies. Like, I'm dancing, not praying. And Anita says, with those boys, you can start off dancing and end up praying. Oh my god! I so also the one-liners and the dialogue in that scene are really good, and it does a really nice job of like kind of setting up the Anita Maria dynamic mm-hmm. and both of their characters, where Maria is kind of this like 
I'm going to say naive. She's like, a goody two-shoes. She's, or at least we are led to believe she's so. She's kind of boring. I mean, yeah. But she, it, but she it's wants... It's important for her she wants minimal to character like, arc. Yeah. She wants to, like, do something and not just have to be in the sewing shop and mm-hmm. go home. And, and then, have an overprotected brother. Yes, who... <laughs> When he comes in, he's talking to her again. He's like, oh, like, do you have to go? And she's like, I want to go. I want to dance. And he establishes that um, she is supposed to be dating and eventually marry this member of his gang, Chino. And Maria explains that when she sees Chino, she feels nothing. <laughs> and I like when Anita's like, what do you think you're supposed to feel? And she goes, I don't know, something. <laughs> Yeah, the dialogue here was really tight. I love the line about we won't bite you till we know you better. Yes. And that, yeah, so totally agree with that. Because Chino comes in is kind of awkward. I mean, yes. Yeah. The boys are generally awkward in this film, I thought. There's a lot of awkward exchanges and interactions in this film. I think Chino being awkward is probably supposed to happen. There's a couple exchanges that I was like, that's a really awkward exchange, and I don't think it was meant to be awkward. (laughs) So we get this really weird transition where she's twirling and they I was like, love you like the psychedelic they love some blurriness <laughs> in this film. They love some blurriness, boy. And sometimes it's used to decent effect. And sometimes I'm yes. like, why are we doing this right now? Like in the immediate next scene, which And I'm okay I with really that transition. I think that transition's fine. It came out of nowhere, I thought. Well, it's a weird transition because it's Maria spinning, but then Maria's not in the gym scene to start with. She enters later. Yeah, had she been in that shot in the very beginning, it probably then I think I would like better. the transition a lot more. But, but this is the gym scene, which, which is probably the most famous in the film. And let me tell you, that set is amazing. It's really good. I loved the like dark. It, it was like the dark green on the background. Well, so here's where I want to talk about the costumes. Uh-huh. So you have the Jets, so Riff's gang, mm-hmm. um, which is primarily wearing like golds and blues. Um, sometimes they have like some oranges mm-hmm. thrown in there, but primarily golds and blues. Uh, and, and then, then you have the purples. Yes. You have the sharks uh. who are in like reds and purples. And then anybody else in that gym who is not a part of one of those gangs is in dark green. So and it is the same shade of dark green for the it's most so part. Good. Yeah. So they blur into <laughs> the background, but you can tell people are there and it really like sets the two gangs apart. And like, as you have this dance going on, you can really like identify the different members and you know mm-hmm. what side they're on. Um, so like that bit is just like, it's so visually stunning. And I think that's kind of the best example of like how the costuming really works mm-hmm. because then also you have Maria in the white dress, which really sets her apart from everyone. Yeah. With the set too, I think, and if you disagree, definitely let me know, but it felt like the scale was oversized for the people in the room, which I don't like. I kind of liked it because, again, as I've said before, I actually do kind of like it when parts of films feel kind of more like that stagey feel. But to me, having like the really, really tall balcony just elongated it, made it feel like they were on a stage. I don't remember. I don't think there was a balcony. Yeah, it was like a running track that goes around the gym on like a second level. Oh, I didn't notice it. Um, I didn't think it was oversized. Like I thought it was fine. I thought they filled the space pretty well. I mean, you have like a lot of dancing going on, so. Yeah, which maybe a little too long. Again, a little too long. <laughs> like it's amazing. The choreography is amazing and all these people are really amazing dancers, but a little too long. I want to talk a little bit about like the gang dynamics in this scene because I for the most part thought that the three most interesting characters in this film were Bernardo, Anita, and Riff. 
And yeah. I thought their performances and their interactions were the most interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's the story I really, I really care about. Not so much the Maria Tony. <laughs> I was like, I feel like y'all's story is actually our B plot. And like what I want to pay attention to is what is actually the, the B violence. plot in this film. <laughs> <laughs> is, the, is the darker side of this. <laughs> but because you have like, Riff and Bernardo, there's obviously tension between these two gangs, but you can tell how in control Riff and Bernardo each are of their respective side. And there's the bit where you have the guy who's, I guess, running the dance being like, hey, we're going to do something a little different. We're like, we're going to have like a circle of girls on the inside and the circle of girls on the outside. And then you're going to walk counterclockwise. And when the music stops, you dance with whoever's facing right across from you. And like you have each gang on either side of the gym Mm -hmm. as this is happening, clearly split and everyone's like kind of making fun of the guy and like no one's moving until Riff moves and is like eyeing Bernardo and like stands there and like motions for his girl to like come and stand across from him. Bernardo in response comes and stands right next to Riff and like motions for Anita and then they both snap and their gangs fall into place. And then they do the circles and when it stops like I think they just like, go back to their Well, original. I think like Riff is opposite Anita and it's like all like mismatched and they do like these like fun like handoffs around where everyone just pairs up with like their person (laughs) from like their own side who they were with to begin with and then they all start dancing they have like a mambo fight that is probably my favorite song from the the film it's not it's really so a much song, fun to play. though, because people is. are not singing. There's no singing, but it's Ian, so when you much talk about a song fun. in a musical, it's when people are singing. Otherwise, it's just part of the score. I mean, an overture is a song. Mm, only if people are singing. Otherwise, it's an overture. Well, then what was this? It was a piece of music as part of the score. <laughs> it's part of the score. I love splitting hairs. Um, <laughs> I'll split your hair. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I know you will. I know you will. But, and again, I think that scene is all really well executed, but boy, does it go on. It goes on a lot. Quite a while. Cinematography was really good. Dancing movement. The dancing's really really good. Did not need so much of it, especially because they're repeating the same dance sequence over and over again at the end there. Yeah. 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 But basically, as a circle of jets forms around Riff and his girlfriend, as a circle of sharks form around Bernardo and Anita, Tony and Maria catch each other's eyes and i'm assuming maria feels something because she is smitten with tony immediately and she's like who is chino (laughs) this effect i that they did to set them apart from i'm split on it i really am i'm very split i liked the idea of them being the only people in the room i think that's so overused though the only time the only time i've ever seen it yeah, I think it I think it had definitely been done before this. We're in 61. The only time I've ever seen that in a film and liked it mm-hmm. is in the I think it's the 2005 Pride and Prejudice. I have they seen that. They briefly do it. They do it very quickly. It's not very long and it the way they transition into mm-hmm. it is much more seamless and it's the only time I've ever seen it and liked it. Yeah, it was just abrupt. And even then I'm kind of like Meh. And it was weird that there were still people there. And the background, what and was going on with the sparkles? Yeah, it's like the background becomes all black. There's like weird green and red, like sparkly confetti like, falling around. Or like Christmas lights. Yeah, people are, and they then they do, and again. This weird ass dance. Way too, so way weird. too long. This did not need to be too long. Like if you want to set them apart and have their little talking exchange, which was so awkward. It was very, very awkward. 
which I was like, is and it again, supposed to be awkward or not? Say like, it I, with me. Being in love is not a, a character, character trait. trait. <laughs> because that is kind of Maria and like, Tony's character trait. That is literally what they're setting up right now. For the rest of the movie. <laughs> they, Yeah, that's kind of their defining feature. Um, but yeah, you have them doing the weird like slow dance with all the snaps with like these other people that again went on. so weird. So, so long. And I just wasn't crazy about it. I totally agree. Cool. Totally agree. Um, okay, two seconds. I honestly wasn't sure about how much of this movie you and I were going to agree on. Because I, I, mean, I felt like it was more up your alley than it was at mine. I enjoyed it fine. It was too long is really what I, I personally think. Yeah. Um, like, I don't think the movie is like really objectively flawed in any way other than I would say that I think the pacing needs to be tightened up. I would say kind of anything else that I, any other issue I have with the movie is more of a personal opinion, you know, like it's yeah, more of like yeah. a, you didn't like it, but you understand why people. Would. Yeah, exactly. Like it's one of those things where I was just like, I can watch this movie and be like, this just isn't for me. Yeah. yeah. Like it's not bad. Oh, totally means. agree. It's, it's worth a, a watch movie. just because it's pretty. Yeah, like, I like, don't know if, if I would else. say that I think it should have won Best Picture. I don't, well, I don't think it should have won Best Picture, but I think, but it's not one that I'm like, You're not how in the world it. did this happen? Like, yeah, I understand yeah. why it won. Yeah. So we're back at the party. Of course, Bernardo is like, no, 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 Who no, is no. this guy in a you, mustard no, no, no. yellow blazer dancing <laughs> with my little sister? And I get it, Bernardo. Although Tony's, Tony has the complexion to pull off the yellow blazer, I think. Oh, I wasn't thinking you were talking about the yellow blazer. I thought you were talking about how Tony wants more for his life than being in the Jets. But <laughs> oh, I was talking about the yellow blazer. <laughs> Which I guess that is a character trait, in case we were wondering or keeping score. Yeah. Um, well, it marks him as part of the Jets. I mean, there. There you go. Exactly. That's what I took it as, is that Bernardo immediately was like assuming yes. that he is definitely a Jet. I like it. Like, so, I think if Tony had been wearing green, he would have been fine. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Which, speaking of green, we get a really... I actually do like this whole sequence where Tony sings Maria. I don't like the transition into the song, but I like the sequence during the song. Yes. Loved the effect with the projector walking, which was very reminiscent of uh, the lost weekend for me, like, but in not a, like I'm on a bender way. Um, And the way that they blended kind of the purple light and then some of the green and like bringing back those same sort of color demarcations from the dance Mm -hmm. i thought was really great because now it's like all right tony is a jet but all of a sudden he is cast in this purple glow that is like maria's whole side of the gang yeah so i don't know that was a fun little like let's bridge the visual aspects of these two Mm -hmm. together and then we go and we see what the sharks are up to after there was the whole like bernardo being super mad about tony dancing with maria they're all like we're gonna rumble Meet at docks for war council, which it's is where they'll like down. lay out the terms of the rumble. Maggie's doing these really great like motion to one side and the other as we are laying out terms for the rumble. We're recording this late and I'm tired. <laughs> I brought you. Do you, you want to rumble, Ian? Do you want to rumble? No, Maybe. I'm just kidding. <laughs> if by rumble you mean feel a cat, I'll purring, pick weapons. Sure. Wit. I was going to say earmuffs. <laughs> <laughs> so your wit can't hurt me. But <laughs> I'm ever your glue. <laughs> so witty. So witty. Um, 
But this is probably my, uh, of the sung songs, my favorite song in the film. I think so too. Um, I really like it. I like the dancing in it. I think a little bit of the dancing could have been trimmed, but not as much as in other parts of the dance sequence. I think the song is really good. I like the commentary in it because it's Anita um, and like her girls and Bernardo and his guys. And they're basically kind of like talking about what it means to be an immigrant mm-hmm. in America. You know, Bernardo's talking about how it is unfair and they do get treated differently and they don't have the opportunities and, you know, feeling like an outsider and what that mm-hmm. means for him and as a community and how he wants to protect Maria. And he did not like that she was dancing with Tony and Anita's like, we're in America now. Like anything's possible. Sky's the limit and stuff. And like you like you don't have to hang on to some of those ideas that you used to have or some of those or you know, all of the cultural aspects where you come Mm -hmm. from, like you should also adopt some of the new and everything. And both of them are both like not wrong. You know what I mean? Like they both, they both are right in their own way, but they like, there is some truth to that. Like you have the Mm -hmm. opportunities, but is it really equal and fair? No. Well, it's like, uh, there was the line about all the new apartments with all the space, but then doors being slammed in their face. face. Yeah. It's it's kind of like each line. It's like Anita says something great and Bernardo counters it. Optimistic thing. And then Bernardo's realism coming down. Yeah. But, and it's like the, what I think it kind of shows like the both sides being right. bit is there's the line where one of the girls says, I have my own washing machine. And the guy says, but what do you have to keep clean? So it's the idea where she's like, Hey, here, like I, like I can have my own washing Mm -hmm. machine in my place. And like, that's great. And he's like, yes, but do you, what price or like do you have the income to like buy yourself all the nice things that you wanted to be able to wash in that washing machine yeah so and there's a line that anita says in puerto rico we had nothing and bernardo says we still have nothing only more expensive that line holy yeah so i i love that song because one it's visually delightful and two it has some really nice commentary on like Mm -hmm. what it meant at the time and i imagine still means a lot of the time for a lot of people who immigrate to this country definitely agree i think the lyric the like the writing in the lyrics in this song is probably the tidiest i would agree i would agree um Um, i will say the like upbeat tone of the song does not fully match the weight of the lyrics but i still think it's a good i I still think it's a good song really like that tension that that creates it shows a little bit of a playful relationship between Anita and Bernardo. Yeah, like they're yeah. fighting, but like they also love each other. Like it's like it's fine here, but I do think it's an example of what I mean when I'm like mm-hmm. you you have like these... the mood doesn't match the feel or the themes don't match the feel. <sighs> like the musical themes don't always match the commentary, like the social yeah, commentary, yeah, yeah. I think. And like like here with America, I don't think it matters as much. And like mm-hmm. I do think it's a really good song and a really good sequence and I really enjoy it. And like, you know, maybe at this point it's like fine to have the lighter stuff because nobody's died yet. But they do it a couple of times after like several people have died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when we didn't need the reprise. Thank you. <laughs> or we did. Like I was saying, that could be We'll talk about let's talk about that when we get no we'll anyway. talk about that when we get to it. Because Ian and I were disagreeing on that earlier. Um Yes, this is where we, we get, get the, the inter- quote balcony scene, <laughs> yes. but it's on the fire escapes. I love the way this song is shot, though, with the fire escapes and the lighting and everything. The way that they're able to frame Maria up on the top. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm always a sucker for like fun angles. I think it's some of the better <laughs> acting between the two leads. Again, it's I... not the best, but I think it's some of the better. It, it's some of the better bits of their performances together. I'm not sure that the two leads had the best chemistry. I. D- uh, yes 
I think maybe that's the issue and why I was like, some of their scenes just feel really awkward. I totally agree. So like if their whole screen time and purpose of being here is for us to want to be invested in their relationship, they failed in my book. (laughs) Yeah, I wasn't like I was sad for both of them. and I wasn't like super invested in it because I was thinking I was like, oh, it's some of the best acting they did in the movie. But like the scenes with like Natalie Wood and Rita Moreno as like Maria and Anita, I thought they played off each other much better. I thought that the scenes with like riff and tony played much better like i thought there was more like you know like more chemistry there with like that relationship and that friendship so i think it's just that like maybe those two just did not have good chemistry whatever it was there i did not find their relationship compelling no but i love the way that song is shot and i do like the song tonight which i do think it's interesting that this is the first time we have any mention of parents because these are supposed to be children parents are very absent through a lot of this i'm like okay well, by your children, what what are they? They're like late teens, or at least Maria's like late teens, right? Isn't she like? I mean, if we're going 18? Romeo and Juliet, fourteen. Well, yeah, but that's not quite <laughs> what this is. This but, is this is they are of an age much more socially acceptable for modern times. I mean, yes. He lets slip that they're gonna have a rumble. The Jets and the Sharks are gonna have a rumble, and she's like, "No, stop it! Make it not happen." Can she just. Do it herself. Like well, here, her presence at here, the Rumble would shut. No, it down. here's the thing. This is different. She wants him to stop it at the War Council, which he kind of succeeds in doing. And then she's like, "It's not good enough." And we're like, "Maria, uh, that was kind of the bet. Like that was kind of the best scenario, honestly." But she wants Tony to stop it, and he's like, "Okay, I will, because I love you." And then he's he says the bit where he's like, "Oh, I should meet your parents. They'll like me." And she's like, "No, you idiot. They won't." Uh, Tony's not the brightest. Hey, we have another character trait. <laughs> We're up to two. Up to two. Only one of them is actually a personality. Oh, sorry, trait. three. If we are counting being in love. Wait, what's his third one? I have his being first in one love was and being he hopes stupid. for a better life. Oh, I forgot about that one. That one can count. Being in love doesn't count. So we have two. So yes, now we get to Doc's. Uh, drugstore yes now we go to docs where we check in with the jets and this song i thought was hilarious yeah super sad all at the same time i'm so torn on this song because again it is very much a commentary but like because they play it so like but there's like not an edge to it i wanted more edge to it because it is like the whole thing is that they're talking about like how society and the system has failed Mm -hmm. them because they're poor and how they can't help but be, like, miscreants. Yeah, because, like, what other option do they have? Like, they talk about, like, they can't go home because, like, their dad smacks them around. Like, and then they have um, Riff kind of where they're, like, it starts with off- Officer Krubke, mm-hmm. the police officer who we've already met who's, like, a dimwit. And he's, like, oh, send him to a psychiatrist or the judge. So then the judge is, like this is why you're bad, send him to the psychologist. And the psychologist is like, this is why you're bad, send him to the social worker. And the social worker is like, this is why you're bad. And like, basically goes through the whole system. It's like, no one helps you, no one helps you. They just tell you you suck. They tell you you're bad. They tell you this is and why you're bad. Jail. And you go to jail. Yeah. So it's like a commentary on that cycle. But like, I don't know, I just wanted a little bit more edge. And I'm I'm okay with it being a little bit more upbeat because uh-huh. they're like, oh, this is just how it is. Like, yeah. this is what it it's is. It's how they like, would be like joking to avoid the reality yeah like they know it's dark it's like how you joke about dark things sometimes but i just wanted like i don't know maybe it not to be played like so goofy quite that they were goofy. dance fighting at the beginning 
I know. <laughs> you want more, but it's not going to give it to you. <laughs> edge. Give me just a little bit of edge. So what you want is a West Side Story remake in which Christopher Nolan directs. I would 100% take like, that. Like, I actually kind of want to see even, that. Sir. Don't even, sir. Don't even. Oh, no. What I want is a West Side Story adaptation that Tarantino directed. <gasps> oh, we'll get to that, too. <laughs> So everybody's finally there. They tell the women to scram because obviously they Which can't be a part I of that. I have a note oh, that I am like, the what the jet. fuck is Velma's dialogue? I feel that so one bad girl? for Velma. She should just be part of the gang. She's no, no, scrapped. no. That's not Velma. That's anyways. That's anyways? Or anybody. Is it anybody? The girl who wants to be part of the gang with the really short hair? Yes. I think her, I think her nickname's any, anybody. Hold on. Let me check. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. She's anybody's. No, Velma is um, the Jets lieutenant, Ice, his girlfriend, the blonde in the blue dress, who just is like, her dialogue is nonsense. I found them to She's be She's just like making weird noises. <laughs> As you can tell by me messing up their names. Um, not that that's a new thing. Um, yeah, no, but like literally like, her dialogue is just noises. <laughs> it makes no sense. It's fine. She's gone. And then somebody is like, you guys go away. You're stupid. And Grisella, Riff's girlfriend, gets really mad about it. It's like, we ain't stupid. And I'm like, did you just hear Velma just making noises? <laughs> I was like, is Velma having a stroke? Do we need to get her to the doctor? No. No, no, no. What is Velma's happening? Fine. Velma's fine. I don't think so. Well, is anybody fine in this movie? Probably not. So the War Council... You can't say anybody anymore because we just established that anybodies is a character's but name. But I mean, anybodies is also, also not, not okay. Because <laughs> they won't let her be part of the gang. Which is bullshit. She's like yeah. scrappy and knows what she's Ooh, doing. Oh, she comes in and, handy and yeah. they, they give her props later. Thank goodness. Um, but then we have the War Council, which is probably my favorite scene in the movie. This is everything I wanted. It is more realistic. The performances are good. The dialogue is good. Everything is shot beautifully. It's got my edge that I wanted. Of course my it comment, does. My social commentary that I wanted. Because there's a lot of tension in the room, obviously. But again, we have Riff and Bernardo very in control. Mm -hmm. Because they come into docs and there's that fun exchange where Riff's like, yeah, sit down, like docs, sodas for everybody. And um, Bernardo's like, let no pretenses here. We don't like each other. Let's just do this. <laughs> and Riff's like, okay. And the whole time before kind of the Officer Kripke song and everything, the Jets were having a serious conversation about, you know, Riff is like, we called the War Council so they get to pick weapons. And they're like, what if they choose like actual weapons? Like what if they want like knives or guns or something? You can, you can tell that these... Like, yes, they're gangs, and they've obviously fought before. But they've gotten before, themselves in over their heads, maybe. But they're, they're still kids, and, like, a lot of them are scared. I would be scared. Well, duh. Like, <laughs> yeah, so you have this very tense war council. And, like, the Sharks had kind of a similar conversation mm -hmm. where they're like, no, if they want to take it to that level, we have to take it to that level. And Anita's like, fucking why? Um, Anita, the voice of reason. Oh, I love Anita. She should have been She's the best character in this film, easily. She's the most well-developed character in this film. I think she's the overall best performance in this film. Yeah. But they, they have the conversation, and they're, like, kind of escalating the weapons factor yeah. as Tony comes in. And Tony gives them this speech where he's like, you know, if you're real men, you just do it with fists. Like, fair fight. Your best man versus, like, their best man you duke it out whoever wins like gets the turf like he's he's giving them this speech and it works 
Because Bernardo thinks he's going to fight Tony. And then Tony's like, oh, yeah, no, I'm not a jet. And they're like, what the fuck? (laughs) But Bernardo shook on it. And so he can't back out of it. And he's the man of his word. Thank goodness. And I think we get some more of that really fun subterfuge where they all of a sudden because are the detective the and Kripke. I forget in. the decryptive's name, but he walks decryptive? in. Decryptive? Decrepke? <laughs> I can't. <laughs> it's I don't fine. remember the detective. I said West Side Sturry at the beginning. <laughs> so it's Did totally I mention fine. we're recording this kind of late? <laughs> um, but no, I don't remember the detective's name, but he and Kripke walk in and are like, hey, so uh, we heard there's going to be a rumble. And immediately, like, Bernardo and Riff are at a table playing cards. Everyone's, like, pretending that they're playing pretty buddy-buddy. It's like, great. Yeah, they're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, <laughs> no rumble here. The detective starts really trying to provoke Bernardo, and we see some of that corruption and racism there where he's... Yeah, we saw it when we first got introduced Yeah, to because there... And there are some racial slurs, like, thrown around in this movie. Because the cop here throws some at Bernardo. Bernardo almost fights him. But you see Riff, like, go to hold Bernardo back. Like, it's this weird truce that kind of happens between the yeah. two gangs the minute the authorities get involved. They both kind of recognize that detective and, like, um, those officers as, like, a common enemy yeah. almost. Because, again, like, we had that song where it's, like, what happens? You get put in front of the judge. You go to the psychologist. You go to the social worker. You end up in jail. Like, it's yeah, they have their no reason cycle. to trust the system. Yeah, so the detective throws the um, sharks out. Which, they leave whistling My Country Tis, Tis of Me, which, such a nice touch. I loved that. <laughs> I thought it was so good. But then the officer turns to the Jets, and he's like, I can help you guys. You know, I'm on your side. Like, just just tell me where the rumble is going to be, and, like, I'll get them. You know, I we can work together. You guys can clean up the streets for me. Like the those Puerto Ricans, like really laying it on thick. Ugh. And the Jets are not taking the bait. I'm so glad that all. they did Well, and then but then he tries a new tactic where he starts going after the Jets with some racial slurs and like insulting their parents because as Ian and I talked to get about, it's kind of set up where like the Jets probably generally like first maybe second generation mm-hmm. american so they come from a lot of like they're still at a middle, pretty low socioeconomic yeah class. like it would be like they're eastern like, uh, european eastern european central european so and and they are of a low economic status like yep. all of our main characters in this film are not living the good life no but they seem pretty happy overall no they don't enough and <laughs> they're fighting <laughs> But they're loving a every lot. minute. A lot, are they? Um, <laughs> <laughs> what they movie were... did you watch? Not the gritty version you wanted. <laughs> uh, if only. I didn't um, watch that version either. But yeah, so the officer leaves, and the Jets don't give him anything. Thank goodness. And there's isn't there's a scene between Tony and Doc here. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what happened. Basically, Tony's like, "It's all gonna work out," and Doc's like, "No, it's not." <laughs> Doc's knows what's up. I think, is that when Doc is kind of like, Tony, just leave? I think so. And I kind of wish that he did. He's the apothecary. Yeah. And Tony's like, no. And I think Tony tells him about Mm -hmm. Maria. And we get the reprise of Maria there. And that that I was Yeah, yeah, that I like. That was perfect. And that's when we hit intermission, right? It is. Although it was a little bit of a weird point to me to hit an intermission because usually with the musical you hit intermission after a really big number which is why i think with the stage version you probably hit intermission after the big quintet that happens before the rumble 
like Tony and Maria are singing it tonight. Anita singing. Oh, Bernardo and the Jets yeah, yeah, are singing. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Sharks are singing. The Jets scenes. are singing. Yep, yep, yeah. Yep. I am. I think that I'm guessing that's probably when the stage play breaks for intermission because that felt much more like an intermission number because we come back from intermission after everything's been like super heavy for a little bit and we come back with I feel pretty and witty and, and gay. gay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. But again, and like it's a it's a fine song. It's like a well-staged musical number, but I was like All it builds for Maria is the fact she's in love. Which we all already knew. Well, I th- I just I think that that song should have happened earlier if you're going to have it. You know what I mean? Well, while everything's still like a little bit light. Yeah, before we took the turn before for we have the uh, war some, cancel. Yeah, before we have some like pretty serious stakes and just had like a very tense scene go down, which I guess you could argue that it's breaking the tension, but I just, I don't know, it took us a while to build some tension, so can we just keep it? <laughs> but no, I really love the use of like all the, the costume racks in this room. Yeah, it's a very well choreographed scene. It was scene. so much fun to watch. I just, it felt kind of like a non sequitur. This is one of the songs though, that I don't think goes on too long. Oh, agreed. I think I think the timing of that's really good. And it ends with this beautiful line about singer sewing machines. Why don't we sing? Because <laughs> the owner of the sewing shop is like not happy with them for being all joyful. Yeah. Which was. Uh... So then Maria has told Tony to meet her there after the shop closes. So they're closing up and Maria's like, hey, Anita, you should leave. Uh, You should really leave right now. Oh, no, 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 no. It's fine. I'll close up. You leave. But she doesn't. Nope, Awkward. she doesn't. And Tony, like a fucking idiot, just comes in. Here's the thing that I don't understand. Like, post-war council, Tony needs to realize how high the stakes are. And he has no concept of this because he literally just, like, bursts into the room. And here, again, the interaction between Maria and Anita is really good because Tony walks in and freezes seeing Anita's Uh there. And Anita and Maria just share a look where Anita's like, ah, I see. And Maria breaks eye contact and just looks down like she knows that she's kind of in trouble and that what she's doing is a little shady yeah but also asking anita not to rat her out and anita's a good friend yeah she's not but she's very cautious for them she wants them to know that they are playing a bit of a dangerous game and tony's like no everything's perfect for us and i'm like yeah because they go into a fucking wedding which no but can i say i love that maria very subtly basically tells tony to calm the fuck down (laughs) thank god he's like everything's good for us we're floating 12 feet in the air and she's like "Uh uh-huh that's nice tony (laughs) that's nice anita please don't tell on us (laughs) Like, Maria does some stupid things. Maria does not do nearly as many stupid things as Tony does. Isn't that the, like, archetype, though, in these sorts of films? I guess. (laughs) I did actually like i found the scene where they are using mannequins as their parents is i like most of that scene really good because i think actually i'm going to take it back tonight is not the best interaction between the two of them the best interaction between those two actors it's this is one. yeah setting up the mannequins and like they're laughing about it and everything and then he's like put on this top hat to be funny she's put on a veil to be funny and then they see each other and it kind of goes into this much more serious like mm-hmm exchanging of vows and acting as if they are actually getting married which is all well and good until we start another song that we did not need they start singing ian and it did not need to happen because the whole like 
Val part of the scene had already gone on like quite a while. And then they start like singing. Um, I don't even remember the name of the song. It's very plodding and very slow. Hold on. I got you in a minute. One hand, one heart. Yes. Oh, fun fact. It was originally written for Candide. It should have stayed in Candide. Well, there you go. Um, <laughs> it, just, I, it, it, it made a scene that I was really enjoying and really liked. Feel long. Yes. You just don't like music. It's fine. That was not my favorite song. I, I don't even think it's so much that, I mean, I didn't like the song, but I also just, it felt kind of tacked on uh-huh. and everything else before it was so much better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I will say the one, uh, not one, but the redeeming thing at the end is scene that I really liked is how they turned the shop into a church really effectively. Mm-hmm. So With the, the light coming in behind mm-hmm, them. And the yeah. angle from down near the floor that you initially hadn't seen how up it went, but then you get kind of that like stereotypical sh- church silhouette yeah. in the shape of the room. No, it's, so, it's very nice. Set design was good. but of course. Again, like the staging visually, all very stunning. I just but didn't need it to go This was another along. kind of stage feeling scene, and I was here for it. I was fine with it because like, well, I was fine with it up until the song happened because up until then I felt like interested and like they were, I don't know, there was an emotional connection to the scene and I'm fine with like a little bit of a stagey scene if like tonally what is being staged Uh fits what is actually going on. But when I, when I say it felt stagey, I mean, it felt, it felt too broad. It felt the way you would need to perform something as if you were on a stage because everyone in the back has to be able to see it and how I I guess I am willing as a viewer and an audience member to have more suspense of belief mm-hmm. and more leniency with overacting on stage than I am in a movie because a movie is much more you're much more intimate with the story and with the mm-hmm. performance that's going on. And I think that's the beauty of a movie is that you can be. And I don't think on stage you are. And so I'm willing to kind of give it You more. have a different standard. I, I do. I, I have a different standard and I have, there are different things I want from different mediums. There are different mm-hmm. reasons that I like different mediums. I'm going to give an example that I know not everyone would agree with on kind of how I think doing a movie adaptation of like a stage musical you can really take advantage of that like more intimate medium uh-huh. and that's with Lemiz. Lemiz is my absolute I haven't seen the movie. <laughs> I like it and I know not everybody does. Lemiz is my all-time favorite musical ever. I have seen it on stage many times. I think the th- Stage production is usually, you know, it's big. It's a very large cast. You have, like, if you've seen the full production, it's rotating sets. It's extravagant. The movie, also, obviously, like, you do have some big crowd scenes. But for the most part, that movie is heavy Mm close-ups. You are really in there with your characters, seeing the emotion on their faces and everything. And of course that movie also, all of the singing is recorded as they are filming and it is basically live, which Mm -hmm. I think adds something to the movie. Russell Crowe is miscast. I think we can all agree. It it is okay. (laughs) It is okay. But that's what I mean when I think, when I say that when you take a stage adaptation, 
and make it into a movie that I think you can really take advantage of movies and film as a medium and really kind of get more intimate and just have a different take on it instead of necessarily basically like filming a stage version. And I I don't think this movie completely was just like we're filming a stage version because mm-hmm. they do good things with camera angles. And like we said, it's beautifully shot. But that's how I felt about kind of what would happen between those scenes that were like so well acted. And then suddenly you'd be in a musical number that a lot of times felt like I was just watching a stage number. And I was like, this jump. It's the chorus that has come out to greet us. Yeah, I was like, I was like the, the jump in tone it was jarring to me like it, it knocked me out of it yeah yeah that's fair cool i think that's the best way that i can explain that i didn't like i didn't feel it in this church scene though no no no. i think this church scene would be definitely an exception and i would also say the scene that immediately follows which is the all the counterpoint between the multiple characters getting the quintet the, i like the quintet a lot yeah, yeah that i think they leveraged the ability to move between all of these different characters I mean, it, it well. helps that that's a better song, too. Well, yeah. But <laughs> So, moving into the quintet. Yes. The lighting is the main thing that I was like, It's all reds and yes. oranges. It's like, so much tension. Yeah. I'm nervous, I think was my note. Because <laughs> I was like, something bad is going to happen. I don't know what. You've seen this before, right? No, I had not. I knew, like, four or five songs from it. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I had never seen it before. So, you didn't know Death Count? Uh, I did not know the body count gotcha. of three. Maria also, um, let's make it known at the end of that church scene, Tony lets slip that there is still going to be a rumble. And Maria's like, you have to go stop it. And he's like, it's just going to be fists. He was like, I talked them down to like a fair fight. Only two people have to get injured. Like, girl, we are good. And she's like, that's not good enough. And I'm like, Maria, you don't quite understand this dynamic. That's actually pretty fantastic. This is a harm reduction in action. Yeah, like you, like <laughs> the way Tony has set this up if everything had gone down the way Tony set it up, and if Tony had not shown up, I don't think a single person would have died. Oh, yeah. I agree. I, I think it would have been fine. Yeah, definitely agree. So in in that quintet, they're all like getting ready to go under the highway, which is this like deep red overpass, like really dark and shadowy. Mm-hmm. The lighting here was so good. Lots of tension. We had a pretty tense fight. A L- little bit more fight, a little less dance in this one. Yeah, which I actually appreciated because had yes. we had another dance fight, I would have been like, this is not a rumble. This is snapping for fun. Um, but the knives come out. <laughs> yeah, well, Tony arrives and Bernardo still wants to fight Tony. And T- Tony's like physically trying to get between Bernardo and Ice, who is the Jets. Also, s- isn't Tony not a Jet? Anyway. I know he's not continue. a Jet. Like, you just don't go, Tony. Um, no, Ice, the second lieutenant, is the one who's going to be fighting Bernardo. So mm-hmm. they like kind of start fighting. Tony shows up and is like physically getting in the way. And he's like, no, stop. And then Bernardo's like, fine, I'll fight you then. He's like, I'm not going to fight you. And Bernardo's like, you're a chicken. And basically is trying to beat up Tony. And Tony's still trying to be like, no, I won't fight. And I'm like, they were literally going to have a fair fight. Two people were going to get injured. It was going to be fine. <laughs> Or as fine as this situation was going to be. <laughs> and then, of course, Riff gets mad because Bernardo's trying to beat up Tony. So Riff smacks Bernardo. And because Riff has now broken the fair fight thing, the knives come All out. All bars are off. All holds and are bar- Bernardo bars. and Riff both pull out switchblades. And that's when things get really serious. And then Tony's still trying to get in the way. And I'm like, honestly, somebody should have just stabbed Tony. If just Tony had died, I think fewer people would have. No, Riff would have killed Bernardo. No. That wouldn't have happened. Never mind. I take it back. Tony just shouldn't have gone. He really, really should not have. So is it 
Ice and Bernardo end up dead? Riff and Bernardo end up dead. I could have sworn Riff was there at the end. Nope. Riff gets stabbed first. And then Tony, Tony gets mad. Yep. Stabs yep. Bernardo. They start beating up Tony. Like fist fight breaks out. Well, and they are also using like chains and stuff now too. Like it's yeah, it's not a fair fight anymore. Yeah, not anymore. Um, now it's like a full on rumble, and then they hear the cops coming, and like people start fleeing, and it ends up with just dead Riff, de- dead Bernardo, punched in the gut many times. Tony, and he's like running around while the searchlight follows him. Well, any- this went on a little bit longer. This than went on I too long, and to. it made zero sense at all to me. I was like, did you, they, they kick you multiple you. times in the head? Like, yeah. Also, it was like if the spotlight's on you, doesn't that mean somebody else? You there, stop. Like, but thank God for anybody. Uh, yeah, anybody who shows up and is like, Tony, what are you doing? Get the fuck out. So they are in like this enclosed area under the overpass. There's like a wall to one side and then like a concrete wall. Mm-hmm. And then there's fences on the other sides. And then there's like this one pipe coming out of a wall that connects the area, the fenced in area that they were fighting in to the outside area of the fence. So anybody's cross through that pipe is like, Tony, we got to go. And then Tony <laughs> starts <laughs> running around the enclosed area as there are searchlights, which again, like a hit him multiple rat. times. And he just like stands there and is like, <gasps> and then like runs some more. And then eventually anybody's, I, I'm assuming is like, well, I give up and then crawls back through the tunnel the way she came. That's right there. And is like, Tony, <laughs> you have to get out of there. So Tony, instead of going through the pipe, flings himself over Over the the top of like this 10 foot high fence. What? (laughs) He probably got hit in the head. That's what I'm going to, yeah, chalk it up to. (laughs) But why why was any of that in there? It was the weirdest thing. So you could make the argument, why were any of the things in no, specific- these weird settings. No, Ian, specifically, why was any of that in there? Because it makes zero, like, it just makes zero sense. Well, it's like when they're having the When You're a Jet song and there's this random pull, like, across the way that's like, oh, let's pull up on this and, like, just, well, like, sit on it for No, a that bit. seems so much more legit because no one's trying to run from the cops. I still, like, I loved the set. It didn't make no, sense. No, it was a nice. No, no, no. The set was beautiful. I have no issues with the set. I have issues as to why Tony just ran around in circles oh, three times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's fair. And, and then got like went the hard way out instead of just taking the goddamn tunnel. Again, he was hit in the head. Poor guy. I don't know that for sure. I think he's just stupid, frankly. If he was hit in the head, he was hit in the head long before this movie started. <laughs> I, uh, well, if he was a jet, you know, he was failed by the system as well, probably. <laughs> It was so, right there. He had a tough it was right there. Anybody's showed him the exit, and instead he flung himself over a fence, a really tall fence. So all of this has gone down. We have Maria on the roof waiting for Tony, and she's just like dancing around the roof in like kind okay, of this silly that, ballet. Is that, yes, is that what yes. was your note? Just like Maria dance. Yeah, and I'm kind of like, okay, oh wait, what happened there? <laughs> but it's it. I we didn't need like why did we have her dancing around like we didn't need that we already know because she's... she needed to be joyous and no, in love but Ian we already know she's joyous and in love we already know she's there to meet Tony it's a two and a half hour movie yeah but we didn't but need if she more. wasn't joyous there the fall when um I disagree she's told about Bernardo's death okay but I didn't need strong. a two minute ballet sequence to tell me that it, it probably wasn't a full you... two minutes but I mean it was probably ten minutes by your telling. <sighs> 
<laughs> Ballet is also not my favorite form of dancing. That's fine. But I love how indignant Maria is here. And I'm yeah, thinking to myself. Who sh- Chino shows Maria, up and is like. Denial is a thing that you need to know about, my dear. But Chino shows up and is like, Tony killed Bernardo. And I'm like, well, there's more to the story than that. But you're not wrong. And then she's like, no, it's not true. Go away, Chino. I hate you. <laughs> I feel like that was a good summary. Um, but we do finally get her back into her room. Okay, where... so I liked this scene a yes. lot. And I yes. thought that this was very well acted. And she finally had the correct reaction where she was like, she's no, crying. Tony. Well, she's crying and she's praying and she's like, just make it not be true. Make it not be true. I'll die. Just make it not be true. And we have this great shot where we can see her reflection in the mirror with her, like the tears streaming down her face. And then Tony crawls in through the window behind her. Mm-hmm. And we see his reflection and she turns around and she's at first like mad at Tony. She's like beating his chest and he's just letting her. Yeah. And eventually she just like collapses crying in his arms. Uh, and then they sing. Well, everything up until, okay, here's, here's where Mm. I had the bit where I was like, what the fuck is this score doing? Because there is this like really nice scene where they are just holding each other, crying on the floor. And Uh Tony's just saying like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It wasn't supposed to happen. I tried to stop it. Like Bernardo killed Riff. Riff is like my, like I just happened. And Maria's crying because she lost Bernardo and because she loves Tony and she has her conflicted feelings going on. And it's this really nice tense scene both the leads are doing a really nice job in it uh-huh. and then the score starts doing these peppy little triplets and i was like what what are you doing <laughs> stop we got to transition into the musical number but that's it, what we no, gotta do because ian the song is somewhere like the triplets don't even belong in that song it was so weird i totally broke the scene it didn't bother me as much as it bothered you but oh I my god it bothered me so from. badly because i well because it took me out of it like, I was very, like, in that scene. I was and then you were attentive. Distracted. I was emotionally in it. And I was, like, thinking, like, man, this is so good. And then suddenly I was, like, just <laughs> wrenched out of it by, like, a peppy triplet <laughs> that came out of nowhere. And it happened, like, they do it, like, a couple times. And then it stops. And then they start singing somewhere, which is a completely different tune. I also am kind of like, he killed your brother. There are reasons, but this is a weird song to sing right now. Well, because he killed her brother, it means that while before there was a slim chance that they now could work it out and in together. Zero exactly. But so still, the whole con- song is that somewhere there is a place for them. And actually in the Broadway show, that song is sung by anybody's and there's this whole ballet number that happens. Oh, that would have been no, so No, good. no, no, no. It wouldn't have. Well, we wouldn't have had to do the ballet number, it's, but anybody's singing that song. I don't know how you make it happen organically because in the play too, it, when it happens, I'm like, what is happening? Oh. <laughs> it's kind of like the song somewhere is in the Broadway play version of West Side Story. If I'm remembering it correctly, it has been a little bit since I've seen it. It reminds me of the like weird ballet number and singing in the rain that just kind of happens. With Gene Kelly and Sid Charisse, where you're like, I mean, this is beautifully choreographed, but why are we here? I mean, <laughs> where it's like just kind of happens out of nowhere. So I I like the change of Maria and Tony singing it. I'm not a huge fan of the song. Also, I felt like they were singing it weirdly fast. I didn't get that impression. Maybe that's just me. I think you're used to folks wanting to milk it for all it's worth. No, because that also bothers me. I just felt it was weirdly fast. For that particular song. And this is also funny coming from you. You're like, this movie felt so long, but the song was way too fast. Right. (laughs) 
Well, because by and large, well, the songs may not be my favorite. I'm like, the songs are not particularly long songs for the most mm-hmm. part. And while they might not be my favorite song, by and large, the songs like are relevant to what is happening in the movie. Yeah. It's just the dance sequences that I thought were way too long. Which we almost immediately get a new dance sequence and song with the jets licking their wounds. Get cool. I love the scene before the song starts because you have, um, oh, what's the really young jet? Baby what's John. His name? Baby John. One of the other members. I think it's. What's the other member? One of the other members finds baby John and he's crying. And the guy, he's like, I don't want everybody else to see me like this. And the guy's like, no, it's fine. Like, dry your eyes. It's fine. Let's go find everybody. They're all gathered out in this alley. Riff's girlfriend's crying. It's like for the first time, the weight of what has happened has all come crashing down on them. They're mm-hmm. all scared. They're confused. They don't know what to do. Ice, who was second in command, is now the leader. Now that Riff's dead, is keeping it together, trying to be like, okay, well, here's what we need to do now. You have to play it cool. Because they're the rest of them are like, we want to go and finish it and like fight the sharks and all this stuff. And he's like, no, that's not how we play this. Well, and you have the person from off screen being like, pipe down, you kids. Yeah. And then they go into the garage and it starts really good. And there's like beautiful cinematography and it's like really dark in there. And he turns on the headlights. Like of the an car. interrogation light. Yeah. From and the cops he's like, no, like, stay cool. But then this number devolves into... You will not understand this reference yet, but you will learn this reference because we are doing White <laughs> Christmas as one of our Christmas movies this year. There is a musical number in that movie called Choreography, and it is all about the outrageousness of choreography. Maggie is attempting to vogue while I, she I says vogued this. for Ian while I did that, so he would get some of the effect. Anybody who knows that number, that is the number that this reminded me of because i was like it, it was is weird so over the top well it went from like the emotional weight of the alley to people just like having random outbursts and then him being like stay cool but you but i i kind of love that symbolism though where but it's it like was let so... me direct all of my crazy weird energy it didn't feel genuine obscene weirdness it did not feel genuine to me at all well and that's what I didn't like about it was because it went from feeling like genuine uh-huh. emotion and loss to so not genuine. I didn't think that it felt any less genuine. I Ooh, thought it took it a was big much less dip genuine in, than America. I thought it took uh, a well. Com- I'm comparing it to like the scene that was going on right before the number. Yeah, it does take a 180. I like the idea of it. Maybe not the execution so much. I mean, and I I can't say like what I would rather have had them do than other than I would just be like, I think I would like this more if it wasn't a musical, which granted, I like Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. So that makes sense. (laughs) I'm just like, well, I prefer the non-musical version, aka the Shakespeare version. But like, that's what I mean, how sometimes I'm like, I wish that there hadn't been that musical number there because suddenly I felt like all the genuine emotion just left. And I was well, enjoying yeah, the genuine cool. emotion. No more emotion. Keep it cool. But like, I don't know. But anyway, that's my that's Basically, my yeah, making a case for it makes sense, even if it was jarring. Well, the song itself like makes sense with what is going on in the film. Like, like it's not one of those musicals where mm-hmm. like you're like this song has nothing to do with what's going on. Like the songs have to do with what's going on. I just don't always like the execution or tone of the song <laughs> compared to what was going on. Yeah, yeah, I understand. So they get cool. And they're walking down the street because 
ISIS whole thing is like, we have to go act like we can't just hide in our houses. Like we have to go like be seen out and about, act like we have nothing to hide. And that's when anybody's shows up and they're all like, go buy a skirt. And she's like, okay, well then I won't tell you the really good thing I learned because I was like, oh, somebody should probably go play spy and figure out like what the sharks are planning and like what's going on with them because it's not going to be good. And they're like, okay, tell us. And then she's like, oh, I got to go buy a skirt. And they're like, no, 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 tell us. We're sorry. <laughs> so she tells them that Chino bought a gun and said he, if it's the last thing he's going to do, he's going to kill Tony. So she's like, we need to find Tony before he does. So they all break and they're like, let's find Tony. And then the last Dox. little bit is Ice telling antibodies she did good. I like to think that after that, she becomes a full-fledged member of the group. Not likely. Actually, I for her, I hope to God that's not what happens. <laughs> she needs to be a part of a better gang. Yeah. Really she just saying. needs to like, anybody's you do you. Because <laughs> we cut to Tony is still in Maria's apartment. They're like cuddled up in bed. And Anita comes into Maria's apartment from like the tears on her face and the you know it's way yeah we we know that she knows about bernardo mm -hmm. that she has found out that she's heard and rita moreno plays it very subtle and it's very nice but like she goes to go to maria's room and it's locked she's like hey maria you in there maria's like uh yeah uh one second trying to get tony to fucking leave and tony won't fucking leave he's like no i'm gonna stay with you like one more moment one more kiss and maria's like please go i have to answer <laughs> anita but they make plans to meet at doc's because tony says doc will loan me some money we can meet there we'll go to the bus stop we'll go far away where like they can't find us we can be together tony finally goes out the fucking window Thank and goodness. maria answers her room door which her room door is this beautiful like blue and red and green stained glass. So all the lighting in that room is choice. It's really pretty. Like even that was one of my comments from somewhere is that the background is just gorgeous yeah. the entire time. Yeah. Um, and Anita has heard whispering and a man's voice behind that door. She knows what's up. The first thing she does when Maria opens that door is beeline to that window where she, sees, she sees Tony and meeting who I think is supposed to be anybody's implying that anybody's found him. I believe so, yeah. yeah. And going down the alley and she immediately or baby turns John, around. I can't remember. No, I think it's anybody's. But she immediately turns around and goes to the song, um, A Boy Like it's called A Boy Like That, right? Mm -hmm. Being like, Yo, your man killed your brother. You should probably think about your life choices. Like <laughs> Well, and I like that she's mad at Maria about it, but she's also like, a boy like that who would do something like kill your brother is going to break your heart. It's not good for you. And Maria comes back with, I love him. You understand that. Basically appealing to Anita's love for Bernardo so that Anita's not so mad at her and will help her. I think like Maria's a little manipulative of Anita. Actually, oh, we have quite a manipulative trait. of Anita. It only took <laughs> two hours to get one. Um... Anyway, Anita knows that she's going to go meet Tony. The detective shows up wanting to ask Maria questions, and he's kind of a dick about uh, it. But also, like, but why also, would like, he should be Maria because she's Bernardo's sister. Ask well, she, one, she needs to answer the questions. Like, yeah, she. Just well, do it. So here's what she should have done: is should have just like answered the questions as calmly and quickly as she could have, giving vague enough answers that it's not going to give too much away, but also. Just satisfying the cop, being like, mm -hmm. I knew there was a rumble. Like, I don't but other than know that, what I don't else really was know. happening. Exactly. So Maria could have just, like, played it cool 
Yeah, but she wasn't getting cool in the parking garage. No, instead, instead, she's like looking at Anita and being like, Anita, not blinking. My head hurts. Please go to the drugstore and get me those pain medicines. Like, she does it (laughs) so awkwardly that I'm just like, any detective would be like, hmm. We're going to need somebody to follow this person because whatever just happened here was a coded exchange. If the cops are inept, like so incredibly inept. I guess. But anyway, I. It's a continuation of the absenteeism of any adult except for Doc in this entire film. Very true. But it was. (laughs) Anyway, Anita, because Anita is a good friend to Maria. God knows why at this point. She should not have gone. Agrees to go. She goes. Should not go. No, because she shows up and. I think if Anita had been more honest as to like why she was why she was there, because she shows up at Doc's, all the jets are there, and she says she has a message to deliver Tony. They of course Tony's don't, not there. They say, or they of course think that it's a ploy because they know that she was Bernardo's girlfriend, mm-hmm. and she won't tell them who the message is from. And I'm kind of like, you should have just come out and been like, it's from Maria. She and Tony are in love. Yeah, surprised me too. Like, <laughs> I, I think if Anita had laid more cards on the table, it wouldn't have been as bad. But like, one, can we talk about how brave Anita is for going in there? Facing a gang of like 12 random teenage boys that, that are, are all bigger than her, her, all mad out. at her, like straight up are assaulting her and like tossing her around. And this is where I do completely agree that the... The score got a little too peppy. It was like... A rehash of every single theme from all of the major songs up into this point. It, they they start with the mambo theme again. And I'm like, this is not fun. This is not supposed to be fun. And I get kind of what they were going for because like well, they bring back America. That I think which, was actually interesting. Which, you know, again, it's ironic because Maria was so optimistic or not Maria, Anita was so optimistic about yeah, being in America and now like, these awful <laughs> yeah, this awful experience is happening to her. But I think they could have done that better. And Ian and I were talking about it. And what I said is I was like, Max Steiner would have done it differently. And what I mean by that is because we've had several (laughs) Steiner scores in the past. Uh And Steiner was a big fan of taking the music. And he would a lot of times, if it was a historical picture, would take period appropriate Mm -hmm. historical music. But he would use the music differently. Like if it fit the tone of the scene he might slow it down. We talk about this in like the Gone with the Wind episode yep. where he he would take the music and slow it down or Put there's another movie key. he did where he would drop the key yeah. or he would take the theme and change it so that the emotion of the music matched the emotion of the scene and but you still got the like representative use of the music. Yeah. Casablanca is another great example where you have the Marseillaise. Uh-huh. So I I get what they were going for, but I think it could have been executed better. Like I yeah, think it was if you change, happy. if you change, if you take the America theme and you change it a little bit, whether that's pace, whether it's changing key, I think it is as it, effective from the symbolic standpoint mm-hmm. as it is from like a musical and emotional standpoint. Yeah, it's almost like I would have liked it to devolve into something that's just like chaotic and menacing, which could have happened pretty yeah, easily. Because that's the thing. The music's with Bern- not menacing, even Bernstein's though everything. Score, yes, you play it just a little bit off, and it just turns into mush because it's so complex. So like they could have. Uh, Making that change there, I think, would have been a lot more effective because what is going on in that scene is pretty dark. Yeah, so they basically, like you said, are assaulting her, and she's like, well, fuck you all. I'm leaving. Maria's dead. She's crying. Tell them that. Yeah, she's like, tell Maria's dead, 
which I'm a little bit like, uh, Anita, you just really, really fucked over Maria. But then at the same time, Maria has just been kind of using you and purposely put Anita in a very dangerous situation. Yeah, which was not fair. Mm -mm. After she put Tony in a very dangerous situation. Basically, um, she emotionally manipulated Anita and then put her in a very dangerous situation. Yeah, not great. But they tell Tony that Maria is dead and Tony loses it and starts running around screaming. Chino. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to try and find Chino. Come and kill me. And this is where I think he would like over. This is why we check our. Out of this, this is also why we check our sources, guys. <laughs> like, come on. But you heard like, from one person that the love of your life is dead. Now you're flying off the handle. <laughs> come <calm> on. Down. <laughs> but I, I did. Stay cool. No, get cool. Get cool. I don't know the lyrics <laughs> to that song. I was like, Ugh. um, but the cinematography here, I think, really did shine. So you did, you did the kind of stereotypical shot of him behind, hanging on a fence, chaining, which, Maria. but the really dark, stark lighting is mm -hmm. just like, oh god, you are alone on these streets, well, and it ends up on the basketball court where the movie started. But yes. now it's nighttime. There's just the one light in the center of the basketball court. Dark, scary. And the Maria in her bright red just shows up. And, and she's, she's like, like, Tony. And he's like, you're alive. And then there's a gunshot. And it's Chino who shot Tony. You know what would have been slightly more poetic? What? But also I have problems with this from an ideological perspective. If Maria had been shot instead. No, because I want Tony to be shot. And then I want my Tarantino ending. Okay. Where Maria okay. goes so ballistic. <laughs> And shoots Tino. Yeah. Yes, that would have been interesting. She almost does. Pull an Uma Thurman. Yeah. <laughs> would have everyone would have been like, whoa, what just happened in this movie? But she's I I'm torn on this because the message that Maria is saying I get and I'm bought in, but it was I thought it was overdone. Everyone's there, the jets, the sharks, they're all crowded around. And Maria is un understandably very angry and distraught. Yeah, one might say. and so she she gets the gun goes to Chino, Chino and is like, "Give me the gun," and he's like, "Oh no," and hands her the gun. And then she gives this speech where she's like, "How do you pull? Shoot yeah, this she's gun like, by how do you pull the trigger? Trigger? Yeah, and she's like, it right at him. <laughs> it can't be that hard. I could do it. Pointing the gun right at Chino, and then she starts pointing it at other people, and I'm like, oh, slow down. But her whole thing is like, this is where hate has gotten us. Yeah. And she says, I understand now why you fight and why you've killed each other because of hate. Well, now I can hate too. How many bullets are in the gun, Chino? How many people can I kill and still have yes. a bullet left for myself? And so here's our character arc that I mentioned earlier, where she was super sweet and innocent. And now the love of her life is killed and she is no longer super sweet and innocent. Yeah. And, but then she love. drops the gun and collapses on the ground into tears. The cops show up. Ugh. She won't let them near Tony's body. Members of the Sharks and members of the Jets come together to carry Tony's body out. Maria, stoically, with tears down her face, walks... I guess that's not really stoic, is it? Was her expression stoic? I feel like her expression was stoic, but there were still tears. <sighs> anyway, I... she walks off the basketball court. We're in like kind of an angled, long overhead shot. And then there's just Chino and the cops standing there. And then they slowly escort him off the basketball court. Now, that is what happens. What I wanted to happen. <laughs> really quickly, too. I did not like the soundtrack at the end here, either. It was too yeah. happy. Too damn Too happy. peppy. I understand you're recycling themes, but, like, come on. Let's take down the pep. It's I know it's Bernstein, be and Bernstein likes pep. But let's just down a notch. Um, What I wanted to happen. 
I wanted Maria to get the walk up to Gino, demand the gun, and then just pop Gino. And then walk off into the sunset. Drop the gun, walk off into the sunset. That's what I wanted. I originally called it my Tarantino ending, and then I realized, no, if it's a Tarantino ending, Maria just kills everybody. Which isn't exactly what I wanted, but... (laughs) Yeah. It felt a little too martyrdom, because... Yeah, it was so preachy at the end with the way that Maria is the one delivering this lecture about how, like, you all killed him. Well, and here's the thing with... Because obviously in the source material, Romeo and Juliet, both Romeo and Juliet die. But the whole thing epilogue i guess it's like the epilogue speech to that play is about look at what these two families did to these young people who all they wanted was happiness and love Uh look at what you drove them to what you and your again your hatred and your infighting did to these two innocent people and they both really needed to die for that i think so too i i also think so it it feels like it lessens the impact It Not that the, I'm saying Hammurabi's law, but anyway, no, it no, lessens. No. But it, <laughs> it feels like it cheapens the message a little bit that Maria's there to give the speech. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with you. Like I would almost have preferred the cop to give the speech, not by much more. I don't think anyone necessarily needed to give the speech. Everybody I think if you have everyone silently standing there and like taking away the Tony. Like the two pe- two and people Maria. from each side just coming away and taking them away or something like that, then I think it's better. I mean, I don't know how you organically do that. And like, I, I always feel bad being like, mm, I wanted that character dead unless it's like a villain and yeah. Maria's not a villain. So I feel bad well, about being like, I wanted her to die. A Romeo and Juliet ad- And it is a fiction. You're, and it you're is a borrowing fiction. heavily from Shakespeare in your recommendations. It is true. I, I just, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it cheapened it a little bit. No, I'm with you on that. And, and I, I and I like don't her, like martyr. I don't like martyring like her, her. I don't like murder. Like, well, but she's having not dead, young, so she isn't martyred. No, but you know what I mean. But she's emotionally martyred. That yes. But it's I don't I don't like that. Like m- they're still keeping her kind of saintly. Yes, and like she got angry and she like told him off, but she still and we kind should of also kept, feel bad that we've like sullied her innocence. Like, yeah, they still kind of kept okay. that like saintly integrity. Mm-hmm. That. She's had the whole time, which they basically made in her entire character trait and which kind of made her a little bit boring. I wish you could have just let her be angry and do something. I wish she could have been angry (laughs) and like had an action. Like I wanted that for her. I wanted Maria to get some revenge. Yeah, I agree. But basically, we were not super on board with the ending. Yeah, it wasn't my favorite. Lists. Okay, so for my ranking, I'm going to put it at number 23. So this is after going my way, but before Hamlet. So before Hamlet, Hamlet had some really pretty cinematography. So did West Side Story. As a whole, I found West Side Story to be more compelling than Hamlet. And I had characters that I actually liked and wanted to watch instead of moody fucking Laurence Olivier. I actually found <laughs> Hamlet more compelling. I I think about Hamlet actually quite a bit. There are a couple shots in Hamlet that have like really stuck with me. Fair. I enjoyed not, West Side Don't worry, Story I'm more. not putting it above. I'm not putting it No, I am putting it above Hamlet actually by quite a little bit, but I think that's because that part of my list is kind of fucked up <laughs> and I need yeah, to reorder. I, I'm I'm with you on that. So after going my way, um 
I honestly thought going my way was more cohesive in terms of the themes. And I liked the music. Well, did I? I didn't Ugh. really like the music. That music more. was like just bad music. I just like, I like being. <laughs> music in West Side it's Story fine. is better. It's fine. The music in West Side Story was better. Um, oh, shit. Do I really want to put it there? Do it with knowledge that we have now officially decided that once we hit episode 50, after episode 50, we will do an Can episode. Yeah, I'm going to leave this in so that people know um, okay. that after we hit episode 50, we are going to do a special episode where we have reordered our lists and we're going to go through and talk about like the changes and what in hindsight we think we would change and why we made those changes. Because one, I think sometimes you don't fully appreciate a movie until you've had some time to sit with it. Yes, and there have been totally several agree. occasions where we've like, I mean, we usually watch the movie and then record like the next day or something so that it's still fresh in our mind. But I think sometimes you have to see how it sits with you. And because for the past few episodes, we've had a lot of trouble with some movies being like, oh, I want to put this above movie A, but below movie B, but movie B is below movie A. like Above movie A. Or yeah. above movie A, yeah. Yeah, so basically we box ourselves into a corner. Yeah. So like, do I actually think West Side Story should come after going my way? No. But do I think it needs to come before Hamlet? Absolutely. And the movies around it, like Lost Weekend, American in Paris, like I think, oh, fuck. It's okay. You can keep going. Like I still, see, I'm... I may need to move this up. Do you want me to give my spiel and then you can decide if you want to change? Yeah. Okay. So I'm actually putting it at number 19. It is behind what? You know where I want to move it to? Number 19? 20. <laughs> <laughs> but it is behind Life of Emile Zola. Um, I have talked at length about how much I loved Emile Zola. And that is a movie that has really, really stuck with me. But it did have some like pacing problems and stuff, which is why it's lower on my list, but above around the world in 80 days, because while I do think that a lot of West side story, I was like, Oh, it's too long. Like that number went on too long and stuff. It did not drag the way around the world in 80 days did. And I think visually it is so much more interesting. And I really did love the cinematography. And I think we've had very few movies where the set design and the costuming has popped so much as it has yes. in this. So like visually it's stunning. I think um, because after around the world in 80 days is an American in Paris. So I think that was also like very visually a nice movie, mm-hmm. but like it was not as cohesive. The songs weren't as good. And even though like, I'm not the biggest fan of West side story music, like it's, it's still like, it's decent in my opinion. Like there are some very good songs and stuff. Yeah. And I think it's a lot better than a, pretty much any of the other musicals we've had. Mm-hmm. It is definitely, I think the best musical we've had so far. Yeah, I'd agree with that. That's the best picture. And I like it's cohesive for the most part. Like there's nothing where I'm like confused about what's going on. I understand the themes that it's going for. And like I said, it's one of those movies where I'm like, this movie wasn't for me, but I know people who love it and I can see why people would love it. Like there are certain things that I think while they didn't appeal to me are very appealing to other people. And so I, I see while I would not have put it as best picture i see why it won best picture yeah totally so makes sense. that's i think why i have to put it above some of those others yeah um so you i yeah i i struggled with this so i think ultimately i'm putting it in a similar spot so mine's at number 20 um after the lost weekend but before Amer- an american in paris so mm-hmm. i think the comparison to an american in paris is pretty 
easy to make um because you do have that one giant dance sequence that has kind of that grand colorful great costumes good dancing generally good music all that fun stuff that you can kind of compare to parts of west side story but the way that west side story actually made an attempt to weave it into the storyline and make it work i think was better and as a package i ultimately liked the story in west side story more because mm-hmm. an american in paris is just kind of throwaway for me i don't know in terms of the storyline yeah. agreed um well an american in paris didn't have any of the other themes that while west side story didn't always maybe focus on you know mm-hmm. i think those themes about like um poverty and corruption and racism and immigration yeah. yeah xenophobia those were kind of the beeline in west side story and i think you and i both would have preferred them be the a storyline yes. and have the romance be the b plot but wow. they're still there and with there a was... better cast maybe we would have right. preferred the romance they're... exactly <laughs> but they're they're still there in west side story yeah. and american in paris didn't really have any of that yeah no But then you go and see The Lost Weekend, and that was like a really meaty, super well acted. So low. Gorgeous. I I really do. Again, we have to reorder these lists because I've boxed myself into a corner right now. I have too. And I don't agree with Past Ian at all. He has made horrible (laughs) decisions. Past Ian was such an idiot. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so it comes in for me number 20. So kind of middle of the road on my list there. Cool. So overall, do you think you'd recommend this? I think yes. Yes. I would recommend it to people who like musicals. I do not think I would recommend it to people who don't like musicals. So I agree to a point. I think the cultural significance of most of the songs in the film merit watching it. I think if you don't like musicals, this is not one that you would like. Like I, you know, like oh there, well, that's that's a fair. There assertion. are some there are some musicals that I am like, like Singing in the Rain, for example. I'm like, mm-hmm. even if you're not a huge fan of it's musicals, like Singing in the Rain does it in a way and like tells a story in a way that I think could overcome that. Like I think people who don't necessarily who are like I don't like musicals, I think mm-hmm. might still like Singing in the Rain. I don't think West Side Story. If you don't like musicals, I don't think you would like West Side Story. Uh, but at least listen to America or Mambo or like listen to the soundtrack. Honestly, I think the gym scene's a little overrated. Well, but that's because I didn't say, again, did you notice I didn't say watch it? Every... I said listen to it. <laughs> Why would you want to listen to that? There's like no lyrics. Because it's so much fun. It's just a Mambo. It's so much fun. Anyway. <laughs> so that was West Side Story. Yeah. So maybe not our favorite, but like not a not a terrible watch. No, not at Middle all. Middle of the pack. Yes, totally agree. So yeah, uh, join us next time. We're going to be doing the 35th picture, Lawrence of Arabia. I'm curious about that one because I have seen it before, but it was a long time ago. So I'm Yeah, but it goes up against your, your baby to kill a mockingbird. Oh, okay. Well, I'm already going to tell everybody that even if I absolutely love that movie, I'm probably going to be like, to kill a mockingbird should have won best picture. <laughs> Just like fair warning. So, well, in that the was meantime, a good year, though, for film. Really that was one of those year. years that was like stacked. Music Man, another Ooh, mutiny music, on the bounty. No, Music Man is bad. I hate Music <laughs> the Man. The longest day. It's weird because I've I have discovered that for the most part, like I do like musicals, but for the most part, I do not like the musicals that were getting nominated for Best Picture. But it's like all in like the '60s, and then I think there's maybe a couple in the '70s that were like where you had like a ton of musicals getting nominated. And so maybe I just don't like musicals from like that era. 
I mean, that's fair. Mid-century musicals are their, like, own thing. Because, like, I love, like, 80s musicals. I think 80s was, like, when you got that big Broadway revival. Because that's when you get, like, Phantom of the Opera, Mm -hmm. Cats, Mm -hmm. Les In the meantime, if you want to find us on social, we are at Best Pictures Pod on Instagram and Twitter. We would love to hear from you, hear your opinions about any of the movies we've seen, any other movies that you might be curious about us doing a special episode on. We are always here for suggestions. Um, Longer form uh, discussion, feedback, anything you want to tell us, you can email us in at bestpicturespodcast at gmail.com. Oh, also, rate, subscribe, review always helps us out. And so, yeah, thanks for listening and tune in next time.